everybody. Welcome to Date Night at the Movies, or How I Spent My Babysitter Money. This is Jordan Bennett, as always. Uh, we've been throwing you guys a few different uh, a few different curveballs on formatting of the episode. We finally started to get it back normal again with uh, the last two episodes, and we had to go screw it up again. So uh, Jessica is not with me this time, but we had uh, we had an inter-time change, inter-time zone date night today. So she is joining me from her uh, very nice hotel room via Skype in the Los Angeles area. How's it going, Jess? Hi. Hi, date night friend. Man, like, so I think this, is this the only time in our relationship we've done something quite like this? Like, we don't even do Game of Thrones, like, at the same time whenever we're separated. No, this is really kind of, it was very fun. So, hi everybody, it's Jess, uh, coming to you via the internet. Yeah, you'll notice, obviously, the audio quality is a little different on Jessica's mic today, but, uh, you know, that's just that's just one of the uh, pleasant little curveballs we're throwing you this week. Yeah. Also, Jess forgot her, her mic and her interface <laughs> at home. <laughs> well, let's face it, you'd probably have, to, it would have taken an extra hour before we started recording being like, Jordan, how do I set this up? <laughs> Crap, I forgot. Yeah. It's what I use for um, like voiceover stuff, especially when I was on the road. But most of the time, it would just coincide when I was home, and I'd be like, hey. Yeah, the great thing about the way our relationship works is that half the time I'm her husband, and half the time I'm just her tech support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, welcome, welcome to Date Night at the Movies. Uh, we did... We did a very interesting date night today. We were just talking on the phone earlier. I hadn't been up for too terribly long. And Jess was like, hey, we talked about going to see a movie today. You want to still do that? Sure. So I got on my phone. I bought me a ticket for uh, our local theater here. I bought her a ticket for the theater she's in walking distance to and in uh, the LA area. And I was like, cool, call me when you're done. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Um, This week's movie was um, via Instagram. Uh, we post a lot about like, what are we going to see? And we listen to our viewers. So thank you to Nicole for being like, go see a simple favor. I want to know all about it. So this week is a simple favor, which I thought was going to be a romantic comedy. It's not. (laughs) I mean, the movie was a little all over the place, so it had some elements of that in there. But it did. What, what's our first of all? Obviously, we don't have our normal drink of the podcast, drink of the episode this time. Uh, but I believe that we have separate drinks, uh, just so that way we can keep it going. What is your drink of the podcast, Jess? Um, ladies and gentlemen, it is a dirty martini. However, I don't like it too dirty. Mm-hmm. I don't like it too dirty. So just like an olive in it and a uh, gin. A gin dirty martini with an olive. Not yeah, not, not like, the twist like in the movie. No, because she's a dirty old. <laughs> I'll edit that part out. <laughs> 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 or I'll, I'll bleep it or something. You should bleep it. <laughs> I had to go. I've actually had to go through because, uh, you know, we're trying to keep this like not. 
obviously, I don't expect you guys as kids to be listening to our podcast, but I'm trying to basically get it to where I don't have to put a tip or gore advisory on the <laughs> podcast page on Apple. So basically, I'm where like, okay, if it's uh, if it's okay on like 7 p.m. on network TV, I'll do that. And I, th- I think that word might pass, but just to be on the safe side, I might cut that just out. Be, just be- just in case. I mean, we so, we really screwed ourselves because I'm pretty sure in the Incredibles episode we both dropped a couple of f bombs. Oops. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Um, what's your drink of the podcast? So when I went and saw this movie, I was literally the only Y chromosome in the theater. So I you really. I am drinking a can of Yingling to celebrate that fact. Very good. Paul Feig is very good about right like us females are very used to his movies being ghostbusters you know mm-hmm. it's very well, so he's it's been, he's been doing female-led movies better than anybody i can think of lately like anybody that's not right. that's not to say that there aren't some incredibly talented female directors who have done some you know really great female-led movies but like mm-hmm. i think paul feig sticks out at you because it's like you know, he's he's a guy, and he's a guy from, like, the Judd Apatow stable. stable. Like, how is he able to do this so well? But, like, you know, and he always he always casts great women in the movie, and he, all, he never patronizes to them. It never feels like you're being mansplained or anything. Right, and I think that's why he's so successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to rate this movie. Right. What are we out of? What are we rating out of? Uh, you know, I was trying to think of this on the way back home and I can't think of like a clever little, uh, a clever little rating thing for this movie. Do you have any ideas? Well, I first thought of knives, like a dagger. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's a lot of backstabbing mm-hmm. in this whole movie. Um, I also thought in martini glasses. How about Tonka trucks? No, 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 no. I've got it. We're going to rate this movie in friendship bracelets. Friendship bracelets. Okay, so out of five friendship bracelets, what would you give this movie? Give it a four. I was gonna say three and a half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think honestly, like it's weird that we're doing this movie this way because this is pretty much a perfect date night movie. You know. Mm-hmm. If you guys can't tell, Jessica's eating a sandwich right now as well. Sorry. <laughs> it's alright. It's not like I can hear you go. <laughs> I know. I'm very sorry. I haven't eaten. <laughs> um, no, I thought that this was. I thought that this was a really good movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, it definitely got to be a mess in a few places. Yeah, um, it built really well. Mm-hmm. It felt very Gone Girl. It felt so. So, so on my way out, because there was also there were also only like four of the people in the theater with me. And on my way okay. out, there were these two lovely women who went and saw it together, and they were talking just about movies and everything. And I thought I saw them, and I was like, uh, "Excuse me, ladies, if you don't mind me asking, what did you guys just see?" And they were like, "Oh, we just went and saw a simple favor." I was like, "Yeah, I was the only Y chromosome in there." And they were like, "It was so good." So you know, I was talking with them, and the way I described it to them, and I'm so proud of their reaction because it's another. Oh, one. I'm just tickled that you just talked to these ladies <laughs> about this movie. I'm so tickled. Why didn't you it, record it? Be, because. Because men are awful, and I didn't want to be recording them on my phone in the parking lot after I engage conversation with them. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Avoid being creepy. Yeah, but um, but I described it to them. I was like, yeah, it's like Gone Girl without all that uncomfortable rape stuff. And... <laughs> 
And they were both just like, I know. <laughs> so <laughs> I loved their reaction because really that's probably something I should have caught myself in a sentence ahead, um, you know? Shout out to those ladies. Did you tell them to like listen to our podcast? I, I did. And they were, I told them the name of the podcast and they were like super stoked because one of them was like, I love listening to podcasts. And I told them a little about ourselves. So if you two wonderful ladies who I happen to start a little two minute conversation in at the AMC Snellville Classic 12 are listening this podcast please reach out to us because that was like a perfect way to end me seeing this movie oh my god if they reach out you i'm serious ladies you're our next guest yeah if you want to come have a platonic date night with us uh reach out and yeah let's uh let's make that happen because that was a lot of fun movies (laughs) i love that but it did it it built i felt like it built really well Mm -hmm. um i really i was invested I started asking too many questions kind of in the middle and the lady behind me was like watching a movie with my mother. So it was just like, wait, that's wait, they're this wait, hold on. And I was like, Oh Lord. I was so disappointed not to be in the theater with you because one thing Jessica will do is she's constantly trying to solve the mystery, like five steps ahead of time. And normally she's not very far off, but sometimes it like it, and, Let's just put it this way. If we were in this movie and she was just like, oh, wait a minute, I think I figured it out. She's actually an alien. Then that would not have surprised me to hear it come from you because you're just like throwing things to the wall to try and see what makes sense. Yeah. Well, I just didn't have anybody to talk out loud to this time. Uh, one of the other uh, two people in front of me, again, they were all women. Uh, right. Every time something happened, like, you know, where she was like going to put her clothes in the closet and she walked in, the closet was full again. That's your out of me well this woman ha- jess i'm sorry but it, startled me. it did me too it did me too and mm-hmm. she went i went well i can assure you it startled this woman in front of me too it was kind of like when we when we went and saw a quiet place there was this woman next to us who like the whole time she's just like oh no oh no oh no oh no she made that movie so good i know but this woman in front of me had some of the best responses to things and like you know she was doing the whole thing of like, oh, no, not that guy. You know, that type of thing. Oh, great. Yeah. That's kind of fun. No, I thought I thought it was good. Um, I genuinely had no idea what I would, could expect when I was watching this. You know, because normally, like, I try and avoid spoilers. But, like, at this point, I'm not going to be very surprised by the new Halloween movie when that comes out. You know? Like, it, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, and that's not a bad thing because I'm... Again, against my better judgment, I'm still probably more excited to see that now than I have been in a while. Um, Maybe maybe it's more anticipation than anything, but you know we're gonna run with that. But um, but I didn't know anything about this movie, and I was able to not have it spoiled, mostly just because you know I didn't know I didn't know anything about this movie going in, and it wasn't anything that I was just like, oh, we need to see that, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, getting texts. Um, if you guys hear that throughout here, this is a new format I'm trying, which is basically uh, wiring my iPad, which has Skype on it, uh, into my computer and recording the audio off of there. So if you hear text or anything like that, we're just going to deal with that and move on. Um, but yeah, so like as it went on, I genuinely didn't know where it was going. Um, mm-hmm. Now, that was good for most places, but sometimes when it kind of started to go off the rails a little bit, like this movie, like... There were plenty of times where it, I wish it would have committed more to either being like girl on the train type of movie or comedy 
because yeah. it, it got to the point where the shifts in tone were actually starting to get a little distracting. Did you feel that at all? I did. Um, I never was at ease in the movie. So like, you know, when she moved in and things like that, I never was at ease with it, but then they added in, in her dark secret as well. Yeah. And I was really unsettled with that because she's carrying the weight that her husband, like she made her husband do that. And I, I don't know. It just, it left me with a lot of questions as opposed to helping me stay invested in this movie. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll try We'll try and keep spoilers for a little later on in the episode, but, uh, and we'll talk about what that secret is, but yeah, I kind of felt the same way. I also was a little bummed that that didn't really come back into play in any way. No. And we didn't, nor, nor was there any closure. Yeah. And then that so whole thing could have been cut out of there with no problem. Right. So it really distracted me other than it gave, um, Blake Lively's character more ammo. Mm -hmm. So I could see why, where the dark secret came in, but the dark, dark secret. Right. That's, that's the, um, that's the part that I felt just didn't need to be in the movie. And yeah. to me that, that kind of felt like, and this is probably just cynical Jordan talking here, but that felt to me like Paul Feig being like, I want to show them I'm not a comedy director and just a comedy director. And I can put something kind of messed up in here. Now this is based on a book and I haven't read the book. Um, right. I, I did a little searching on some of the differences between the book and the movie that we'll get into later on. But like the first part of the secret, I, I thought that that was like, okay, that's in there. And that, to me, the whole time I was just like, oh, what a great way to add a little bit of depth to this character that we're following. And I'm okay yeah. if that doesn't come back around. But them well, but it did. But that's the thing, them trying to make it come back around, I wasn't crazy about that. Oh. I liked it because it was like only something that her quote best friend would have known. No, and that that part of it, it's hard to talk about this without spoiling it. Uh, right. but that part we'll of it after the break. Yeah. That part of it, I was totally cool with, you know, like, like to me, like that was just a good moment in the story just to let the story be the story and the characters be the characters. So I was totally down with that. But yeah. then, then whenever it circled back at the end of the movie, I didn't, I didn't think there was any point to that. Oh, I see that. It didn't make me like her or not like her any less. It was just felt like it was padding out runtime. Um, so yeah, I didn't quite feel that way. But when we get into the spoiler business maybe mm -hmm. maybe i will agree more yeah. one thing though i will say is i really thought blake lively was really good to see her just as like just a hard it, like, it's she's been playing a lot of characters like that lately and uh you know like she's another one of those actresses who i've never really paid too much attention to but it's gotten to the point now where every time i see her in something like I think she does a really good job. Like she's to me, she's turned into a really solid actress. Yeah. And Anna Kendrick, I really loved, I love her. Anna Kendrick was so good in this movie. And I even loved, I mean, I felt like she was very rooted in her character. Mm -hmm. um, I just thought, I just never lost sight of her. Even when she flipped the switch, I never felt like, Oh, this is out of character. Well, what I loved about the way that she played the character, and of course, there's a lot that goes into playing a character because the actors don't write the scripts themselves. 
Um, there's a story of the of one of the guys who wrote. Uh, I think it was like either a Shakespeare movie back in the back in the fifties or like the original writer of like Spartacus, I think it was, uh, okay. who got so mad whenever people would, um, compliment the actors because he thought that meant that the audiences were too stupid to realize that somebody wrote the movie. No. Yeah. But what are you going to do? It wasn't, it wasn't Dalton Trumbo. It was another guy. Oh. Like I said, it might've been the guy who wrote the novel, but I can't remember. Right. Regardless. Um, Regardless. She had to root. Yes, the writing of something comes from the writer, but but an actor has to root their truth into it. Right. And when she, she could have just flip flopped the character every time there was a flip flop in the story, she could have become something else, and that's not what she did. She was still that character, and I just really enjoyed watching her. Yeah, um, I loved the fact that even at the beginning of the movie, when she was like when she was like super mommy, like it, she could have easily played that as a parody and mm -hmm. she didn't like, you know, it was definitely closer to over the top than not, but it still felt like a real character, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, my favorite moment of her in this movie. So, uh, so it's kind of, it's kind of getting into spoiler territory. Is um, it? Well, can I say one of my favorite parts? Yes. Um, that doesn't spoil it. Mm -hmm. It's in the beginning. And I really love that you always see, like, she's trying really hard and mm -hmm. she's having a hard time connecting with other people, mm -hmm. even though she's like the sweetest thing in the world. And what I really loved when she's signing up for the, the like class list to do something, she does it because she wants to connect and she wants something so badly that the whole time I was like, something happened to this woman. Yeah. Like, she's not that way. Because it like she is that person, but she's over the top for a reason. And I mm -hmm. thought that was really, that was a really good storytelling. I, n I never thought there's not a secret. Well, what I liked, what I liked about how they did it with her, and I thought it was great casting too. And they even talk about it in the movie that, you know, to paraphrase, they basically say, you're hot, you're sweet, and you're a great cook. Why are you not getting laid more? You know, like... But yeah. in a lot of movies, especially they were doing this a lot in the 90s, that like the mom is the frumpy one and the great cook is the one who, you know, you don't want to sleep with. And I, I realize right. I'm kind of describing it a little misogynistic right now, but you know what I mean by that. But a lot of storytelling has been misogynistic. Yeah. But so, so. what I liked there is that because like it's it's Anna Kendrick. I mean, you know people are going to want to sleep with her because she's very attractive, but mm -hmm. that made it to the point where it's like, okay, well you don't get to, you don't get to slide by because you have a costume choice here or you have a makeup choice. You have to make this character. And like you said, the whole time I never not believed the fact that she was trying to connect with people and that like, she was just having a really hard time with it, you know, but she was still a great yeah. mom the whole time. Yeah. And I just have, I don't know. It was rooted in some really good things. The ending did get flighty. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Shall, shall we go ahead and take a, a little bit or, like well, of an early break? And... Well, before we start going into that, I wanted to talk about some more of the superficial parts of the movie. Oh. Especially, okay. uh, so my one thing I had, uh, one thing I thought, so the first scene you see is her doing her vlog, her, her video blog. Um, yeah. 
And uh, the two women who I, talk, who I was talking to in the uh, parking lot, they were like, how crazy is that that we just went and saw this movie and the first person we talked to out here is doing a podcast? Touche. Um, but Touche. Whenever she started, and then she started telling the story, and they were kind, they kind of started using that as a framing device for the story. She was like, "Well, let me just start from the beginning." I was just like, "If we were doing date night at the movies, and then we were just like, well, before we start talking about Christopher Robin, let me tell you about my missing friend who I think is dead." And then we go for half an hour doing that. Like that just stuck out to me. Like I didn't think that was a great framing device. Oh uh, well, it just really, it didn't kick it off strong. It was a, it's a trope. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, it was fine. It, no, I, it, was it, fine. Stuck it stuck out like a sword thumb, yeah. though. It was like, really? It's kind of like, uh, this is another thing they used to do in kids' movies in the 90s all the time. Did you ever see that movie House Arrest that had Jamie Lee Curtis uh, where they, they lock all of their parents who are having marital problems in the basement, like all the kids do, and basically try and make them uh, work through it locked down in the basement? No. Okay, so it's exactly the type of movie that you think it sounds like. There's the crotchety old man neighbor who's trying to shut everything down, and there's, like, you know, every trope of teenager that's in there possibly is in this movie. But it starts off with, like, you know, like, them on a beach, and the main kid is walking around, and he, like, stops, and he looks at the camera. He's like, oh, hi, my name is... And he starts off like that. Yes. Uh, That's a a little... Not nearly that bad, but that's a little how the beginning of this movie felt like to me. Okay, it was not that bad, though. (laughs) No, it was not that bad, but, uh, yeah, like, it's a weird thing to be sitting in a movie as an adult as a full grown adult with a mortgage and a wife and everything. And being like, this reminds me of house arrest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another question I wanted to ask you, because Uh not only are you a woman, but you are also much more fashionable than me. Uh, What did you think of Blake Lively's Lively's costume choices for most of the movie? Um, Can we say hashtag knit slip? Well, I mean, am I, am I allowed to, 100% 100% nip slip. Okay, because that's all I could see. Oh. You're, you're, oh. T- you're talking about the white suit near the... Oh. Yeah. Girl, yes. Yes. Is it, I was like... Is it considered a side boob if you see it from that angle? It Yes, it's still side boob, but that was whole boob. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, she is also naked in the movie. Now, I couldn't tell if that was a body it's double booty or not. naked. Right, but still, that's... it might have been. It doesn't matter. No, I mean, booty naked. We're not. We're not doing a Mr. Skin podcast here, so that's not the whole point. No, no, but she was booty naked. But there was everyone. When you see the white suit, right boob, her yeah. right boob. It would be your left boob, but her right boob. It's not just side, and I. It was like it was really distracting. <laughs> so I was like, oh no! Like also because she's power sexy mm-hmm. and i didn't think that a nip slip was needed no like you know she was she was magnetic enough by herself you know oh and the, and the wardrobe and the costume choices were great see this is a really weird part of the movie actually for me to talk about like not because i want to talk about the costumes with you on this but uh this is a weird part of the movie for me to talk about because i know that they were just putting the scantily clad clothing and everything on both blake lively and anna kendrick to help keep the guys engaged in this movie you know because that's another trope of like you know female-led filmmaking is let's give them something for the fellas so right 
So well, like, it's hard for me to talk about that because obviously I saw what was on screen and I enjoyed what I saw on screen. <laughs> but it's hard for me to be without being like, yeah, they're great, they're great, they're great and everything. But did you see that nip slip? Like that's not well, where I'm wanting to go Here's with this. one thing I would like to bring up though. Okay. Is what we learn about Emily, mm-hmm. quote Emily, right? We'll say quote Emily. Yeah, teaser for the spoiler section. Hashtag Emily. Um and we use that a lot as a joke. I hope you all know that. Um, for hashtag Emily, I didn't think they they didn't really dress Anna Kendrick really sexy. Well, they they were dressed very cute. Yeah. Well, she wasn't sexy for most of the movie, but whenever they did dress her like that, like it was very much uh, like it was part of the plot. But like at the same time, like for example, whenever she's talking to the cop in the black dress, there, there's obviously a plot reason for her to be doing that, right? Right. But right. But for story-wise, we didn't need to see her cut herself out of the dress so that way we could see Anna Kendrick in a bra. Like, we didn't we didn't need that in there. Like, it didn't feel gratuitous, but I could also tell why they did something like that. That's what right. I mean. Right. And then I, what I, so I didn't think personally, and if they were like, no, that's totally why we did it, I'd be like, oh, I was wrong. I don't feel like Blake Lively's costuming was necessarily because we wanted to keep the fellas interested. It really felt like she is in, she's in fashion, even though she's, you know, she's a problem solver, but she's in fashion. She's, she's powerful. She's a very powerful woman and a powerful woman isn't afraid of her sexuality. Right. And right. that's kind of how I took it is that this woman was like in, was almost too powerful I mean, if you're walking around in a white suit and you're naked underneath and we can, there's white suit side bra, that's risky enough. So, well, one, and we're especially after Labor Day. So like all sorts <laughs> of problems. So one thing I do want to say is I think I might've misrepresented myself. I'm not saying that like every single costume in here was just made for eye candy. That's not what I meant. Oh no, um, I didn't think so. I'm just saying there, but there I were, there were very story. obvious moments. Yes. Me. But I thought overall to me, uh huh. um, and I, you know, and, and Anna Kendra getting stuck in the dress. I mean, I get it. I get why, like it needed to throw the cop in one direction, but it, to me, it wasn't that necessary. Um, she could have been in a robe and she could have gotten out of the dress in a robe and that would have, to me, but t- told that story even more. Yeah. Um, but it was funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was overall, I can see what you said, I guess maybe because I'm not, I'm not attracted to women. Um, I didn't get when she had to cut herself out of the dress. I wasn't like, Ooh, boobs. Cause there was boobs all over the place. Right. I, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's just something that kind of stuck out to me. Um, and that's maybe something that you're just more aware of because it's just... Well, I mean, A, I am a red-blooded male and there are beautiful women on screen who are sometimes scantily clad. But also, like, in the last couple of years, I've been really trying to recognize that about the way that I'm wired and that society has allowed me to be wired. And I'm trying to be uh, more conscious about things like that and, you know... Basically, if I can go through my day and objectify one less woman than I did the day before, then I think I've accomplished something. I think you're doing a good job. Uh, I will. I will say though, this was a steamy movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It was. A, it was a. It, it was a very sexy movie, and I really didn't. Again, it was less rapey than Gone Girl. It, yeah. Indeed. Ne- but it was, never has. 
Never has kind of incest been shot so sexily. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. Holy moly. Teaser to a spoiler. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bef- we'll talk about that more after the break. But real quick, one other thing I wanted to mention, just because I've been doing a terrible job of mentioning the music, and that's what I do. Uh, oh, I really yeah, like- everyone check our Insta stories. Yeah. Just so you know, because I may or may not have really enjoyed the music. Yeah, I mean, the, the songs that they used were great. Did you recognize the song that they played over the closing credits? Um, I It felt familiar. I did dance to it on video. <laughs> you remember uh, You remember Death Proof? the bad Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. That's the same song that they played over the closing credits there, but it's the French version in this movie. Got it. Well, I, I wanted more. I felt like, Ooh, are we going to go like French noir? Well that, and that's what the opening credits totally made it seem like they were going to do. I, and I got really excited and we did. I mean, this is for those who are like, Ooh, I haven't seen it yet. And, or we're on our way to see it. Um, I did. I thought, ooh, are we? It is a thriller. It's a mystery. Mm-hmm. It is one hundred percent a mystery. But I really thought we were gonna. I thought we were all of a sudden like going French noir. I and thought. Then it, we- yeah, I thought it was gonna be a lot closer to uh, like an old type of noir movie, like Charade, or maybe even like kind of like a throwback to Hitchcock. Like what I was expecting is I was expecting. Hitch, uh, an Alfred Hitchcock movie starring Mary, Mary Tyler Moore. That's Ooh. that's what the opening credits yeah. themselves made me think I was about to see. Yep, yep, yep. And it, um, and I really liked the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, Theodore Shapiro is the composer for it. Obviously, he didn't do the songs, but uh, right. he's one of those guys who, like, over the years, he. He's done a lot of movies that you can tell, like, it's just like, oh, this is the job that I had to do, you know? Uh, And a lot of times, you know, I hate to say it, but his scores always haven't been that memorable. In the last few years, though, he's actually done a lot of music that you and I both really like. Uh, For example, he works with Ben Stiller on all of his more recent movies. So he was the composer for Walter Mitty, which we both love the soundtrack for. Love. Uh, I live on that soundtrack. Yeah. Theodore Shapiro also did, um, he also did like Tropic Thunder, which is a great one. Uh, there's another one that I'm trying to think of right now that I can't, I can't necessarily think of off the top of my head. Uh, he did like, he, he did Wet Hot American Summer, which I, you know, I love that movie. Oh, that's great. But, but either way, I think he's, I think he had a really good, solid artist voice in this movie and I thought that he was hitting the right cues at the right time I thought that his instrumentation choice was great and I thought that the way that he was building tension and releasing it and then just kind of keeping things moving every so often I thought it was great so I really liked the music for this movie yeah I did too I give that all of the friendship bracelets yes yeah all right well let's take a quick break and when we come back uh, let's get into some spoilery stuff yes spoiler alert all right really fun to try to find a healthy place to eat with me? God, no. My body runs off of sugar and processed food, and yours decidedly does not. (laughs) That's fair. So if you happen to be in Atlanta, definitely head down to Peachtree City to the Fit Kitchen ATL. The Fit Kitchen is a premier fast casual design your own salads, wraps, and poke bowls restaurant. As fit as you want to be. So head on down to Peachtree City, Georgia, and whether you want to be as fit as a stunt woman or 
healthy as a composer. Let's aim for slightly above composer body. <laughs> then you definitely need to head down to the Fit Kitchen ATL. So you can follow on Instagram at the Fit Kitchen ATL, again, the Fit Kitchen ATL, or the website www.thefitkitchenatl.com. Again, www.thefitkitchenatl.com. All right, and we're back at date night at the movies. Uh, Hi, everybody. Jess, I went up there to uh, grab a drink. Charlie followed me down. You guys have noticed that there hasn't been a dog of the podcast this episode, and that's just because Charlie's been doing his own thing. But when I went upstairs, well, that's the thing. When I went upstairs, uh, Madison has basically covered herself in the pillows on the couch. (laughs) And the camera on my phone isn't working, so I wasn't able to get a proper picture, and I had to leave my iPad down here. I was going to ask. Oh, I wanted to know. Well, because I knew knew the first thing was going to be like, add it to the story. But uh, oh, I just wanted to see her. <laughs> uh, the only the only thing I have that can take pictures that way is currently my iPad, which is obviously in use. It's being used. Mm-hmm. All right, so are we ready to kind of get into spoilers? Yeah. So welcome back. We've been talking about a simple favor. The last, the newest Paul Feig movie. Is it Paul Fig Feig? It's either Feig, Feig or Feig. I can never remember. Well, hey, Paul, Paul, you are obviously listening to this right now because I know that you're just trolling for podcasts on your new movie. So, uh, you know, let us know. <laughs> um, so first spoiler, she f***ed her brother. Yeah. Half brother. Half brother. Yeah. Um, which that's the part that I was talking about before the break where I was like, that's something that I didn't expect to go anywhere, but I was fine with them leaving it in exactly as it was, because that's how you start to realize that there is a layer under this person who so far has just been, you know, super mom. Um, yeah. And but knowing that where it goes, I was like, Oh, I feel like there was a better, I don't know. That's the thing. So we were talking about two parts of the dark secret. That's the first part is basically at her dad's funeral. And it's even more messed up why she does it because she basically says that he reminds her of her dad. I know. Um, so like, yeah, they just kind of went, they kind of went all in on that. Uh, but, um, but then later on, you know, cause her husband, she says in the beginning of the movie that her husband and brother died in the car crash. And, just devastating on its own. Yeah, and it's shot great because you actually yeah. see it in a flashback. Um, and she talks about how she lost the two most important men in her life at once. Um, but then later on, you find out that the whole reason that they were in the car together is because her husband suspects that her brother is the actual father of her child. And then so- right. They go. They go into the car and to like talk it out, and that's where it. That's where they get in the crash. To me, that part of it wasn't necessary. I agree because it. It seemed like she said that happened when she was in high school. Mm-hmm. This is obviously a good amount of time later. She's not even like they don't tell the story like she's even in her mid twenties. Well, yeah, like they show on. You know, since we're in spoilers, they show on uh, Emily's gravestone that she was born in '86. Uh, okay. And then they mention they mention in there like you know I've been on the run for the last 14 years or something like that. So we can feasibly say that this takes place in uh, in 2016, and they are both 
like if she's at least 30 then i would i would say that anna kendrick's character uh, stephanie was probably 26 27 okay still that's like a decade after that incident right and they ne- they never say how long ago that was so no but she she did it said she was in high school when her dad died no she was in high school when her dad died but they never said how long ago the car crash was Right, but I'm but I'm saying she's got a certain her child is in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. That's six. So that probably happened two or three years ago. Mm, I would say more. She's not she's not a nineteen year old mom. No, but we're getting in we're getting in the semantics of age right now. But... Only, here's what I'm all I'm trying to say uh-huh. is to me, she's it's at high school. Right. And for storytelling, we've got high school and then we've got motherhood. And unless it's a teenage mom story, that means there's been a there's been a progression of time. And then this is still a problem. And her husband's overly jealous. I was I I said out loud to myself, are you serious? Well, and that that's where I'm going. So let's say she was 17 when her dad died. And so she was 17 when she had sex with her half brother. Um, right. So at the very earliest, if she was if she was 27 in this movie, so that's a decade later, that means that she would have had her kid when she was like 21. Uh, okay. So that's the timeline that I am working off of right now, whether that's correct or not. That was my assumption. So right. what that means with this whole subplot here, which again, I found to be incredibly unnecessary, um, it, or not the whole subplot, the second half of the subplot, um, is that either she kept having sex with her with her half brother for the last decade off and on, or her husband knew about it and got overly jealous and was like, you know, well, obviously, obviously, our son is his actual son, which neither of which makes a whole lot of sense to me because if it's the first one, then it's like, well, yeah, you are this is really dark and the rest of the movie, there's nothing to indicate that you're actually that dark or, Oh, well maybe your husband wasn't actually that good of a guy. And if they would have just committed the one lane, I think I would have been okay with it more. But because like you said earlier, there was no closure to it. That was just a problem I had with this part of the subplot. Right. Cause it went from, they had an, they had a car accident and they both died. So the two most important people in my life died. And, and it's enough to, it, if they, you know, there's an, you know, that also alludes like it was her fault, but then it also alludes that her, like her husband killed himself in order to kill him. Yeah. And that's another thing that there's just a lot about that. That doesn't make sense. And I realized right. for that for me, it's so much better than this subplot. Yeah. This, this subplot is distracting. Like this to me, this to me knocked off a whole star of the movie. Oh, Again, if they would have just left it to where, uh, if they would have just left it to where that's her secret that she had and she told that to her best friend and that's just something that she's been kind of living with off and on over the last decade, 12 years of her life and then that's where it was and it just so happened that her husband died in the car crash. To me, I don't think there would have been anything lost in this movie. I think that she would have no. been just as developed of a character. I think that the plot would have been, like, the whole story would have been just as good. Uh, the fact that they had to bring it up that her husband got jealous and that, like, you're not going to tell the audience, you know, if he actually had need to be jealous or not. Right. Um, 
and then and then that led into uh, that led into her and Blake Lively making out, which again, from a you know from a testosterone standpoint, I was cool with, but that didn't pay off in any other way for the rest of the movie. So it seemed a little you know again, let's give something to the fellas right there, you know. Right, and it was frustrating too. I was because it made me go, oh, she's head lesbian. Um, she's she's head, like she's bisexual. Yeah, that's what made me feel. And then when we met her. Uh, female partner l- later on, I was like, you know, that they, they, they didn't have to have, they didn't have to have Blake Lively kiss Anna Kendrick in order to validate the fact that she has had like homosexual inner, like, yeah, the, the fact why, that she has had relationships with women, like there's like, they didn't need to do that. Now, if that was going to come back into play in any other way, which is like, Oh, the twist is that they actually slept together and that's creating this wrinkle in the plot. Then that would have been one thing. Um, oh yeah. Um, but, uh, but they did. Yeah, they, they didn't, it wasn't put in there to where like, <clears throat> you know, if this were, if this movie were more on the Gone Girl side of things, then that scene would have led into some way that she was able to manipulate Anna Kendrick later on. Yes. And that's what I was waiting on that to happen. And the movie ended and I was like, oh, that whole that whole five minutes of the movie, which like is supposed to be like a big twist, like it just didn't pay off. It seemed to me that A, there was titillation in there for the sake of titillation, and B, it was like, oh, well, we've already we already know what the twist is here, so we can't uh, we can't go too long without having another one, you know? Right. I did. I didn't see the twist of um, the twins. Right. I also felt it was unnecessary that this unnecessarily unnecessary, really, that they kept every time it was like, you're twins. No, we're, we were triplets. I was like, that doesn't really add that much to the plot. Now, it just it just described the tattoo, which I will admit was actually pretty cool. But oh, I dig it. But that also could have been when she was talking about them separating and whatnot and then saying well we were actually triplets yeah so like that would have been fine but whenever the husband's like you're a twin no well get the whole story right we were triplets it's like we get it you're divisive yeah get it so for those of you who have made it this far in the podcast and you want to hear all these spoilers and you haven't seen the movie yet we'll kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about so basically blake lively disappears um, I'm going to be talking about them with all their actor names on for whoever I can remember, just because it's easier that way. Um, yeah. actor, actor names, their actual names, uh, words are hard. Um, so Blake Lively disappears. Anna Kendrick is trying to help, uh, her husband and son make it through everything. And she's being like super mom and cooking them full dinners and everything like that. And it's great. And then they discover that, uh, Anna Kendrick goes through some detective work, which is actually pretty cool. Um, yeah, I love how like mom vlogger solves the mystery. Exactly. That no, that I thought it was cute. that was great. But then they find uh, Blake Lively's body in uh, in a lake in Michigan, and she's dead. They have a funeral. The part that I was talking about, my favorite part in this movie, uh, or at least of Anna Kendrick, where I thought her acting was just great, is after the two boys get in the scuffle because basically Blake Lively's kid is. You know, they're only six. He's having a hard time processing it. And he lashes out at Anna Kendrick's son and starts beating him up. And then they separate them. And uh, 
the dad, Sean, he gets really mad at his son and she's like, no, he's just six. Here, you go take care of my son because he has like a bloody nose. And she sits down with him and the kid says like, I'm not talking. He says something like, I hate you. And then her response I thought was great, which is exactly what her character would do, which is you're not my favorite dinner partner right now either, but we're going to sit here. You don't have to talk. Let's be miserable and watch the grass grow. And like, to, me that. to me, that was a perfect, like, that's exactly what a super mom who knows how to handle situations like that would do. And I just thought it was such a perfect moment for her. I, yeah. I really, really liked her in this movie. I did too. I don't think I, she's going to get any awards love for it, but like, if I saw that, yeah. I wouldn't be upset at all. What, what it was great too, is that she was just this, it was a very, no, it was just, a, it was a really good character. Like she wasn't just this mom and had to like, her way through it Mm -hmm. she like could just solve the mf problem yeah no she yeah she was so good like the character was great uh and she was so good in it but anyway after blake lively quote-unquote dies uh she's doing research and then she finds out that basically she was a twin and that they had to uh and that they went on the runs for some reason. Then you find out that Blake Lively is actually alive. Again, very Gone Girl. Um, very Girl. Yeah, and that she basically... Literally like a, like a shitty hotel, too. Yeah, it, that scene was almost like Gone Girl. Like, there was even... You remember in Gone Girl where uh, Ben Affleck gets on TV, and then she's watching him, she's like, you son of a bitch. Like, same, same, yeah. same. So, so then, basically, they come back, or she comes back, and she admits that she was trying to uh, cash in on her life insurance policy. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Plot, plot, plot. That's all we need to get into to catch you up on what we've been talking about. Yeah. I also thought, like, when she came in and she was in that, like, 1950s house dress, or not house dress, but dress. Uh-huh. And then they, like, did this whole, like, She's going to come in and pretend shoot him, and then he actually gets shot. That, it didn't quite flow to me. No, I mean, so the bit, like, the last twist that this that this movie plays is that she had a nanny cam on a button, and she was, I, yeah, that was great. She was, she was uh, live blogging the whole event and her confession to her millions of followers. I loved it. So my question is, what was the plan had she had their, had the shooting, the fake shooting not happen properly? Like, was her whole plan to be like, I'm going to live, I'm going to live blog uh, me shooting this guy with a paintball gun and getting the confession. Like, to me, it, it seemed like it was played out too much like this was my master plan the whole time. But it was really one of those things where it's like, well, no, the first one, the first one was bad, so now the second one worked. So what what was the end game with the first plan? Like, yeah. Although I did like them, but I did think it was funny, but it didn't fit the tone shift in the movie. But when they when the cops raided in on the other moms mm-hmm. uh, smoking weed, <laughs> watching the vlog, I thought that was hysterical. All right, so yeah. Um, this is where I want to talk about some tone shifts in the movie because this yeah. movie goes back and forth hardcore on wanting to be like a comedy and then a serious thriller, a comedy and a yeah. serious thriller. Um, yeah. I thought the whole Greek chorus of the other moms and the, I mean, maybe I'm just saying the homosexual dad because I know that he is a homosexual and he usually plays homosexual characters, but was he supposed to be gay in this movie? 
Yes, because he he referred to himself as a mom. Okay, then um, I, I don't. We never see his partner. Yeah. But... So I did not love that whole thing because they never really added much to the movie. And I mean, honestly, maybe it's just because that guy was on that show, The New Normal, which I just hated. But I I, I can hate it as much as you did. Yeah, but I can't I can't get into him in a in a role like to me it's just like oh you're the guy from that tv show i didn't like which is That's super true. super unfair i know but like when he showed back up at the end i did not like that and that has nothing to do with him yeah. that yeah it didn't make sense it was contrived so basically blake lively is about to shoot anna kendrick and then right as she's about to do it uh he drives up in a prius and hits her in the car and he he comes out and he's like you know he's like American uh, hybrids they're so quiet you know or silent but deadly is what he said, and right but it's like a that felt like just like uh like oh no bring this character back in like that was it I hate it whenever people use Deus Ex Machina in a uh, in a criticism of anything because that usually means that you're being a pretentious so and so. So and so, so and so to, to use to use my mom language. Oopsie jar. <laughs> Oopsie jar. Um, but that very much felt like a Deus Ex Machina, and also, literally five minutes ago, the SWAT team was in his house while they were while they were smoking a gigantic bong. Uh, like, well, maybe they didn't have over an ounce. I I don't know. Did you see how yellow they made that film stock look in that scene? I know. It like like it, they were chong. It was a scene out of traffic, basically. Yeah. And and then like you. So let's say that I'm in the state of Connecticut. I'm pretty sure it's not legal to smoke weed recreationally. Um, but so let's say even if it, even if everything was legal there, are you telling me that they got the entire SWAT team out and ironed all of that out in five minutes so he could drive up in his Prius and hit her in a car slow enough to make the engine not turn on? Yeah, and and that was a big car hit, and it was disappointing. I'm pretty sure that was CG. It it looked CG, yeah. Like and and having having done a car hit myself, that I mean they could have put wires on the stunt person mm-hmm. because it needed to be like a very specific hit and it filled the frame. So it needed to be specific. And I get that, but I don't understand. And if it was, um, I pushed a button. If it was, um, if it was an actual stunt, I'm disappointed that they CG'd it so much. Well, even if it wasn't CG'd, it at least looks it at least looked like it was a speed ramp and editing. And and it sucks because the the car the car crash was very real. Right. And you could it was so visceral that then when they did this one, it didn't feel as visceral. There were ways that they could have made that look a little more realistic. Um and again, the things that we're nitpicking in this movie are like, you know, we nitpicked a five minute long scene and now we're nitpicking a 10 second car hit. But like, these were things that stuck out to us, you know? Well, it's just like in the beginning when it was like, now let's start from the beginning. You're, mm-hmm. It just was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Th- this movie, a lot of the tone shifts in it. And it's not like it starts off as a comedy and then morphs into a thriller. It'll literally change from comedy to thriller in one scene. 
And to me, at least it got pretty distracting. Uh, was it as distracting yeah. for you? Yeah, I felt it. W- I mean, I kept being like, um, cause I, for example, when we're talking about the wardrobe and Anna Kendrick is moving in, is super happy, all this stuff. And they're obviously it's a quick change. Um, it, they were like over the past few months and I was like, it's been days, but anyway, um, she's moving in and she's really happy. And then the clothes are back in the closet. I jumped. I was like, Oh yeah. my God. Ah, but then as this, it just, it never felt like, like on the edge of my seat. Like for, we keep going back to gone girl, but by the end of gone girl, I was like, Ben Affleck is about to get whacked. Yeah. If well, he screws up, he's dead. Here's, you can tell that this is a movie that like, it's, it did what it set out to do. It wasn't trying, it, there was never a point in yeah. this process, I think, where it was trying to be the next Gone Girl. It wanted to be a comedic version of that. But we're all, but you have no choice but to compare it to like Gone Girl and Girl on the Train. And Girl on the Train is basically just Diet Gone Girl, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, which I still. It's on the edge of your seat, like when she runs into the house. Yeah, no, I, I, I still. Ah. Yeah, no, I still thought Girl on the Train was really good. Um, yeah. And I thought this was really good, too. But the parts where it wanted to be that type of movie, I don't think it fully succeeded in. Uh, there were there were definitely a lot of tense moments and, you know, like that one jump scare that we keep talking about. And yeah. uh, and there were definitely a lot of comedic moments. I just don't, I don't think that it blended the two elements together as good as it thought it did. Yeah. Yeah, and I... I... Like we keep saying, I just, it was really fun. But even in the end, um, I really wanted to believe that she would shoot Anna Kendrick. Yeah. And then I just never truly felt that, like, she would. Yeah. Like, I knew, I, like if she had shot her, holy crap, that would have been a different movie to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's the thing is that I never felt like she was just in danger. Now, obviously, she did just shoot the husband right before then, uh, non-fatally, of course. Um, right. I also never... I One thing I didn't love about the way that they treated Blake Lively's character is that I, didn't, I never really believed that she would risk all of this so that way she could have her son. It's like... No. Yeah, like, and, you know, she kept being like, you know... Keep keep Sean. I don't give. I don't care about him. Uh, oh. Yeah, but she she was like, I'm taking Nikki with me. I love that kid. And then whenever they're like, Why didn't she just stay gone? She's like, I couldn't leave my son. But literally, the only times you ever see her interact with her son, like she's being like really borderline abusive or dismissive towards him. You know. I know. And it, it yeah. would be one thing if she if she had been like a character that was just like, I tried. I'm trying really hard to be a mom, and I'm just not good at it. But you could tell that she still like loved her son. The mo- and that's something that you have to kind of infer with the way the movie treats it. But the movie never shows you that. All it shows is that she's a terrible mom and Anna Kendrick is an awesome one. Right. And I just, and also, like, I, I saw, like, as soon as we finally, they met, this, we met the sister, I was like, oh, she killed her. Uh-huh. And, um, and I thought it was really brutal the way she did that. Mm-hmm. But then she had, then she was still like happy-go-lucky like she didn't, the character didn't remain dangerous. Like you yeah. killed your sister because it was going to ruin your family. Mm-hmm. 
And to me, I thought, ooh, we're going to come back in and she's going to fight for her family. And like, there was just, there was a, to me, it was a missed opportunity to really, and I don't know who's, who's, what decision it was, but it just, Blake Lively was on, this character was on the verge of being scary dangerous. Mm -hmm. And for this movie to make that switch and making the end in, in, on the flip side, making Anna Kendrick's character even more brave for doing what she's doing. And it just kind of missed the mark. Like Blake Lively, not, and it wasn't an acting thing. It was a tone thing. Like we never made her that dangerous. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it was maybe because when the husband saw her, he, he needed to be like, he needed, even though he didn't know about like the sister yet or anything like that, like being like, holy crap, you're dangerous. You pulled all of this and you put like, you guys put me in jail. Like, and it just, she wasn't treated dangerous enough. Well, that's the thing is that like, as you're saying all these things that she's doing, you're like, wow, she is crazy. Wow. That is dangerous. Wow. She did actually pull a gun on him in public, you know, but like the way the movie never plays it as dangerous as the descriptions are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It didn't, I never, I really thought me, Miss Jumpy McJumperson in thriller movies. Um, I sat comfortably mm-hmm. throughout the end of this movie. And yeah. that's very much not me when something is on your, like if I'm supposed to be on the edge of my seat, I'm on the edge of my seat and I'm scared of that. So I have the uh, IMDB trivia page up here. Um, okay. so like I said, this movie is based on a book I haven't read. Um, but it has on here in the spoiler section there uh, the end the some differences between the book and the movie mostly in the ending I'm gonna read that off to you uh, okay. and it basically shows me how cliche this movie could have been so I'm using this as a positive thing towards the movie cool. so the ending of the film and some of its plot points heavily differ from the source novel. Emily plans to use the two million dollar life insurance policy to frame Sean for insurance fraud and escape to Europe. The novel also ends with Stephanie being unintentionally complicit in, enemy, in Emily's scheme and becomes arrested while Emily makes a clean escape. Emily is only a twin in the novel, while in the film she is a triplet. In the novel, Emily is aware uh, that her twin wants to commit suicide and lets her, whereas in the film, she drowns her. In the novel, Sean is aware of Emily's plan to vanish. So, so to, yeah. Yeah, I think that the changes that the movie made, and we talked about, like, we didn't really understand why they did the triplet. It was just a cool way to explain a tattoo, which, again, I thought was a really cool thing. Like, whenever they, whenever they did that, I was like, oh, that's clever. Fl- flames and charity. I love it. Uh, but with all the cho- changes that they made, if they would have just adapted the novel, it seems that this would have just been, like, a run-of-the-mill thriller with, like, you know, yeah. oh, see how we did this dark ending? It's like, no, you just took a character that we cared about and and screwed her over. Like, what's the point? Yeah. I did think when we were going to meet the sister and we immediately saw track marks, I thought Blake Lively was going to OD her. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of became the mystery. Like, cause halfway through you, halfway through, you can kind of start to piece together what's happening. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, that kind of became the mystery. Isn't what happened to her. It's how did she kill this person? You know? It's like I, uh, I'm watching American Horror Story right now that you're gone. Um, uh-huh. And it's such a weirdly put together show. And 
again, this kind of goes back to the new normal where I have to, like, I avoided watching it for so long because I always told myself, I do not like Ryan Murphy. Um, I do not like his stuff. But then we watched uh, People versus O.J. Simpson and it was great. And then I was like, I was like, you know what? Let's just give this a shot. And I'm enjoying it. But the thing is that they play the twist so early on in the show because they have to keep it going over the course of like 12 episodes that it it's becoming not like, you know, like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to this family? Like, you know what's going to happen to them. Um, yeah. But it's more of just like, okay, how are we going to get there? So that kind of is what the mystery of A Simple Favor became about halfway to the movie to me, you know? To me, it wasn't that bad. I didn't think they played all of their cards. I just thought... I didn't... I, I just thought it could have been... If it just had gone over the edge like it was right at the edge and if it had just gone over i would have been like oh yeah but then on the flip side if you're thinking of the book and that's how the book ended i kind of assumed that anna kendrick was somehow going to be complicit or like i did assume those a lot of those things um the other thing that i didn't like about the ending was like the epilogue mm-hmm. and like you know how an elf like there's the elf epilogue and they're like and they were happy yeah or you that's think that you're thinking uh Arthur Christmas on that one. I am. But they do it in Elf too when he's like goes yeah. to Papa's house and the swirly twirly gumdrops. Yeah. And he's telling yeah. me. But I am thinking Arthur Christmas to make someone happy. So I thought that. Um, but like everyone ended up happy. Mm-hmm. And she was even happy in prison. Yeah. And I was like, wait. And then I kind of wanted Sean and um, and Anna Kendrick's character to get to, to stay together. Like, like you had gone through all this shit, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know, or like still be friend. Like, you feel like you, this would be a lifelong friend after that. Well, that's the thing that was distracting me because, like, you know, halfway through the movie, the kids just disappear, right? Um, a little. Yeah. I mean, they're still kind of there. Yeah, but not not much. I will say that the two kids who they had in the movie were actually pretty great. Yeah, they were it, great. It's hard to find ch- good child actors, especially when you have them swear like that. But, like, you know, like, they, they did a pretty good job. Uh, yeah. And, again, her interactions with them were just great. She was so good in this movie, you know? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like, whenever they were doing the epilogues, all I could think of is, well, wait. How often does Nikki see his mom? And is uh sorry, it's my iPad again. Um, how often do they does Nikki see his mom? And are he and Miles still friends? And what's going on there? Like you know, you did this whole movie based around like a mystery around moms who knew each other initially because of their kids, and then it's like their kids just aren't even mentioned. You know, you, they say that you know father and son are doing fine when they give Sean's epilogue. But, like, is he traumatized by knowing that his mother shot him? You know, does he ever ask about his old friend? You know, uh, does he ever ask about this woman who made him dinner every night whenever the most traumatic thing that happened in his life happened? And, like, like I, again, I think maybe I'm overthinking that, but at the same time... No, but I got totally distracted by it, too. I was like, whereas just her being like, and you see the you see the followers. Like, they let you see the followers on the blog, and it goes from, like, 200, and then it keeps climbing. Like... You see all these things and she kind of gives you an idea. And I, you know, I dig, like if you, they give you enough time to pay attention to everything on the screen Mm -hmm. and see like, you know, she solved this many. And if you have a cold case, send it my way. 
they could have just left it at like it started with a vlog it ended with a vlog and the she's in, she, again we're talking about the hero's journey they're the same person they're just changed mm-hmm. and I just I thought it could have been that and I thought oh how fun like now she's a bad she's just a total badass and then we got these epilogues and I was like Emily shouldn't be happy yeah she's bad she's a bad person yeah it was it was a little distracting um it was also distracting that she does that like it it felt a little jokey at the end how they made it where like you know and now I have my own detective agency like that that didn't ring true. Um, I think if they would have put it towards like because what she says at the end of she's like and it turns out I'm really good with cold cases and stuff so bring me your cold cases and so now it's like she's like you know she's working with the cops I guess on things like that but if it would have been something where it's just like you know if she would have said instead I've discovered that I've that. I've always been great at problem solving, but I haven't been helping people with that. I've just been helping situations. So if you have problems that you haven't been unable to solve, come and talk to me and let's work through them together. Like to me, that would have been more of a true ending. And and again, it's a comedy. It's, you know, it's a fine ending for what it is. But to me, like if, if you were trying to still keep it in a semblance of truth to the character, that seems to me more, more like what it would have been. Or, yeah, I agree. Or that if she was going to be taking cold cases, that you would have seen, like, you know, and I'm going to night school to learn how to be a lawyer or something like that, instead of it being like, come and talk to me through YouTube, guys. Right, but I would have, oh, see, but I would have loved her being like, I found my new purpose, mm-hmm. so this vlog will now be helping me pay for law school. Yeah. Now, I will say this. If they decide to do a sequel to this movie where she's solving mysteries through her vlog, like, I'm totally on board. I will watch that movie. <laughs> but to justify this ending, they better be doing a sequel or a spinoff series or something like that, you know? I, I mean, I doubt it. I, no, um, I, know, I know. I'm pipe dreaming, uh-huh. dreaming at this point. Uh, yeah. But it, it just it it just took me out of the ending. Um, but overall, I really liked it. Yeah. I mean, I did too. We're... we're in, our listeners at home know how we work at this point. Unless it's a, uh, unless it's the predator, you know, we tend to just focus more on the negative things and movies that we like. The predator that was just a uh, that was a really hard episode not to swear in, but um, <clears throat> but like that's the only one so far that we just didn't like. You know, even Jurassic World two, we were like, yeah, we'd probably watch this again. You know, uh, yeah, but you know. We're harping on all this stuff. That's just what it is whenever you're doing any type of film criticism. Overall, we like this movie. Four, four uh, friendship bracelets from Jess, three and a half from me. Would you watch this one again? You know, probably not. Yeah. Only reason being is I really liked Gone Girl, mm-hmm. other than it really disturbed me. Right. I haven't seen that again. Uh, I really liked... Uh, Girl on a Train. I haven't seen that again. You watched that one with me a second time. I had to do some research on the music. Oh, okay. Um, if this was on, or um, if Nicole Davis, who requested this movie, goes, hey, can you watch it at my house with Rhett and me? Then I'd probably go, okay. But I don't think I'm going to be buying it when it gets released. Yeah. But I'm not going to say no to, to watching it. Yeah, I think if I'm ever in a situation where this movie is on and I'm watching it, I'm never going to be like, really? Like, 
I will I will be able to enjoy watching it uh, anytime I happen to watch it. It's just if I'm gonna watch a movie like this, yeah, I'm probably gonna watch Gone Girl. You know. Yeah, and on the flip side too, like I can see this being someone's favorite movie. No, and I I would never be like you know really. I'd be like oh yeah no that's a great movie you know. It's a great movie because you get it's steamy, it's funny, it's exciting. There's a twist. Um, there's a lot of different twists. So like you might kind of forget about one more than another, or I just think there's, it's interesting. I was intrigued. I never, I never felt like I needed a nap. Um, it just, yeah. I mean, I overall, I had a really good time. I wouldn't say no to watching it. If it's not, you know, on our DVD shelves, you know, I don't, I would, I wouldn't think anything of it, but if it was somebody on somebody's and, it was their, you know, their chick flick, mm-hmm. then I would be like, totally, it's a great, that's a great chick flick. So, but it did feel like a chick flick. Yeah. It, it's Gone Girl as a chick flick. Yeah. So would you recommend people see this movie then? Yes. Yeah. I really, really would. Um, the music is good. The, the, end, the end titles and the beginning credits are really like you, you kind of are like oh I had like I I'm supp- I'm gonna have a good time and I did have a good time. I wish the movie was as quirky as they had set it out and ended it to be. You know. Yeah, I wish I wish it had just been and I think maybe all of the tone changes may have and this is a big maybe. Um, it may have been more successful if it was more stylized. Yeah, um, I think that I also think that if this were a TV show, we would be surprised at how good this TV show was. Yeah, I because, can see that. Because I think that they might have been able to pull that off a little more in a TV show. Again, if they decide to give Anna Kendrick a spinoff show like on HBO with this character solving mysteries and teaching us recipes, like I am actually totally down. I will I will watch that every week along with Silicon Valley, you know? Yeah, and Beep. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I... I... I can't say that you're wrong. Um, so, yeah, I would say go see this. Really enjoy it. We'd love to know all of your thoughts. Um, you can reach out to us via Instagram. Um, you can also, we're working on a Facebook page. So hopefully that'll be a good way for people to really talk about it. We had a really great conversation with some people and some wonderful listeners. Thank you guys for reaching out. Um like we have like this discourse on reptiles. So we'll be working on the Facebook page and hopefully it'll be up by the time this gets released. Mm-hmm. But um, let us know what you thought of it because maybe we're just like silly people who like watch too many movies and think too hard about them. Yeah. The only other thing I will say is that for the two ladies who I was talking to in the parking lot, if you are listening to this, please reach <laughs> out because that was just awesome. Yeah, yeah, please do, because I want to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's good. And I, I, you know, and Mr. Feig, Feig, Fig, um, I just, I, I mean, I'm going to keep seeing, keep seeing his movies. Exactly. Um, I, I, I can't, I, I like, I like what he does. I really like what he does. And I like, I never feel disappointed afterwards and even though there's things in this that I was just like nah, I don't know and the fact that the ending didn't have me on the edge of my seat but I you know I didn't leave right and and then I did actively dance to the ending credits 
<laughs> so, um, yeah. By yeah, way, go see it. By the way, I don't know if you saw the Instagram story I put up today. Um, so I get in the theater and I'm running a little late just because traffic is crazy getting over to the theater. Uh, so I'm walking in and I just hear a conversation. I'm like, Oh, I must've missed this. And it's this, it's this woman who I don't immediately recognize. And she's talking about her nose. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, what did I, did I miss this? And I realized that it was a trailer to a star is born and the trailer is just two minutes of them having a conversation. So I actually added on the Instagram story that I thought not only that I walked into the wrong theater, but I'd walked into the wrong month because I was like, Wait, are they just doing like a sneak preview of A Star is Born? Why did nobody tell me this? Yeah. You know, that movie, I don't know. People are saying it's good so far. You know, I'm not just dying to see it. There may not be an episode of A Star is Born on this podcast. Y'all are going to have to beg for it. Mm -hmm. Because like I saw the preview where she's like singing a song, you know, and we're singing songs and she goes, you know, I wrote this chorus the other day. And she sings it, and he goes, well, I don't want to tell you this, and I won't tell nobody, but I think you might be a songwriter, but just so you know, I'm not good at keeping secrets. And I was like, I'm going to die. going to die. Yeah, I mean, oddly enough for a musician, I don't really get into music movies in general. Um, so, like, even though, like, I love Bradley Cooper, and I know you love Lady Gaga, uh, fun fact, I like Lady Gaga a whole, whole lot. Mm -hmm. My dad is a Lady Gaga fan. Are you sure he's going to be cool with you putting that out there? He knows. He knows I tell people. <laughs> that we get him a CD every time it comes out. So yeah. shout out. Hi, Dad. I know you love Lady Gaga. Not everyone else knows. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's about all we have time for. This episode went a lot longer than I expected it to. Um, it's a good movie. It was a lot to talk about. Yeah, no, it's a good movie. Definitely go see it. But uh, yeah, we'll be figuring out what our next date night's going to be when we can add another one on there. Um, you know, typically I'm putting episodes out on Thursdays. Uh, I know, I know. I just put out episode three this last week. I'm probably going to put out. You guys will have it by the time you listen to this. But episode four and five on Thursday, just so we can catch up and start to get on more. Uh, like. I want to, people to listen to these whenever they can still go see the movies, you know? So yeah. we're playing a little bit of catch up, but uh, yeah, keep an eye out for whenever we do these. We'll try and put a huge, uh, a huge blast out whenever we're uploading a new episode. Cause again, we can't do it consistently every week or every two weeks, but we're working on it. Yeah. And, and we've got, um, and please stay connected. We're on Instagram. Our Facebook page should be up by the time this episode is out. And we're also working on a flashy website. Yeah, we are. So keep a lookout for that. Um, we've also been getting a lot of requests for throwbacks for movies that are out and have been out. So we have a lot of planning and thinkings um, about that. Um, also... Halloween is coming up, it, and Jordan and I are huge October fans. It didn't look like we were going to be able to go see how the new Halloween together. It looks like that might just happen. We're keeping our fingers crossed. So yeah, and we are just big horror film fans. So I'm thinking it's going to be Octoberlicious, you guys. So for those of us, for those of you who are staying current with us, 
it should be quite a spooky, spooky October. So I'm very, I'm excited about that yeah. because we've already, we've been talking about what we need to do. Yeah. It'll be awesome. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, tr- and we'll try and stick out from just the typical, like, Michael Myers, Jason movies. Although I'd love to get a Jason movie in on this podcast and just see what we come up with on it. Well, I'm already talking to some special guests, so uh, don't give too much away. We should have a good Jason guest. Yeah. Um, and that all being said, you guys, obviously a ton of stuff is coming up. So please like us and subscribe because otherwise you're going to miss all this fun. Yeah. Not only like and subscribe, uh, but make sure to rate and review us as well. Uh, yes. We- yeah, the more the more ratings and the more reviews that we can get, especially up on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, that's gonna eventually lead us to where we can start doing these a little more consistently and uh, and getting more great content out for you guys. Because we want to keep putting out as much as we can, but you know we got to make sure that that everybody knows that we're something that's worth actually listening to. So if you haven't gone on ahead and uh, rated and reviewed us take a moment and do that. If you want to just rate us without reviewing, that's fine too. If you want to just subscribe and then not pay attention to us again, that's fine too. We could just use the numbers, you know? Yes. Um, and like anybody, you know, that has a phone, that means that you can listen to podcasts. So even like take your mom's phone and subscribe. Uh, it just helps us also. We have, we're growing and we really want to keep this free. Um, because you know, there are subscriptions where you have to pay money and, you know, do us a solid, help us keep this free because we like being able to connect with everybody and being able to put this out faster means we need to start maybe even bringing people on board to get this out. And we really care and we really want this to sound good. And this is how we keep it free is just keep listening, liking, subscribing and reviewing and uh, really check out all the wonderful people that we bring up in our mini commercial breaks because they're, they support us. Yeah, and uh, here pretty soon you're going to start hearing some, uh, at least one new sponsorship that we have coming in the pipeline. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that, that's, where your, that's where your likes, subscribes, ratings, and reviews uh, account. You know, the more you do that, the more we can start looking at sponsorships, and that's how we keep it free. Yes. A l- so- little, little bit of industry insider information there. Yeah, guys. So thank you so much. And thank you for joining us for episode seven, A Simple Favor. And I'm Jess. I'm Jordan. And thank you for joining us for Date Night at the Movies. Or How I Spent My Babysitter Money. Bye, you guys. See you next time.